In this episode, the top three best stability ball exercises, five easy ways to recognize and acknowledge your success, and three mistakes to avoid if you go low carb. Well, I'm gonna save some of the announcements and things for the end, so let's just dive right into this. I'm often asked what's the best exercise for a certain body part, and there really isn't one best exercise. There's a lot of different exercises, and a lot of them are very good. Um, some of them are not so good, but basically, as long as it takes your body to adapt to an exercise is how effective it's going to be, and therefore, that would be the best one at that moment. So that kind of goes back to changing things up, but not changing them up too soon that you don't allow your body to be accustomed to something and then change the challenge. Well, that being said, um, there's certainly some exercises on the stability ball that are, well, the best. <laughs> the best in the sense that they combine a lot of different muscle groups that you can kind of kill a lot of birds at one stone because you're getting core, you're getting certain body parts, you're getting lower back, I mean, all that good stuff. Now, some of these might not come as a surprise um, because you've heard me talk about them before, but of course, your first one has to be the abdominal crunch on the stability ball, or I should say over the stability ball, because the key is stretching all the way over the stability ball. Now, not like you're going to do a back bend, but almost like that. So where maybe your hands touch the floor if your arms are extended over your head and by your ears. Now, the reason for that is, of course, the pre-stretch. You're stretching those muscles, and then you're activating them when you're crunching upward, but you're also getting your lower back involved because that's working to help stabilize you, and you're also getting some of your legs as well. Now, obviously, you don't want to have much weight on the legs. You really want to focus it through your belly button, but you're still going to be getting some of those smaller muscles in your ankles, um, not so much in the knees, but maybe a little bit in the hips. And it may not make much difference if you're younger, but as you get older, these are the things that give you troubles and make it harder to walk or make it easier to trip one or the other. So, I mean, there are little things to think about that you're getting the benefit from without even realizing it. So the crunches on the stability ball, definitely the way to go. And of course, there's so many different variations and again, some of them are good, some of them not so good, um, but you always want to focus on using what muscle you're supposed to be using. So if you're doing an ab crunch, you need to be feeling the abdominals. If you're starting to feel your neck or your legs or any other body part, then you're not doing it correctly and you're definitely going to want to get some help or maybe you've reached your limit and you need to stop. Now, realistically, if you don't do a lot of them, that's okay. Because remember, it's not how many you do, it's how well you do them. So if you're really stretching over that ball and you're really activating the abdominals and using them to lift your body upward, you're not gonna be able to do a whole lot. So don't worry about that. Remember, it's always the quality, not the quantity. And one more thing, since we're on crunches with the ball, is to slow it down. I see so many people doing either quarter movements or just really, really fast movements. Don't. Just slow it down and really focus on the feel. Now, the second best exercise on the ball is actually a whole bunch of exercises. It's basically any time you use the ball as a bench. So if you're using it to do your flies, your presses, uh, your tricep extensions, anything where you roll out onto the ball and your body makes a tabletop and you're using your upper back on the ball to stabilize yourself. And of course, your abdominals and your lower back are not on anything at all. They're just hanging in the air. So hopefully they're nice and tight. And you can also use your heels and press your glutes. I mean, sorry, press your heels and use your glutes um, a little bit when you're doing it as well. So any exercise that 
you use the ball to make yourself tabletop. And that's going to be a great exercise because not only are you getting the exercise that you would normally get on a regular bench, but you're also getting those stabilizer muscles, which are so important. And of course, your core muscles, which we all love, um, the abdominal and the low back. But some of the rotator cuff muscles are activated a little bit more because of the unstable environment. And of course, that's very good for you, especially if you don't have issues now because you want to keep those things balanced and strong. And if you do have issues, it's one of those things that can help strengthen them a little bit extra besides just direct work on the rotator cuff. Now, of course, that doesn't mean you have to do all of your laying down exercises on the ball. It just means that, you know, if you're waiting for a bench and there's a ball available, go for it. You're going to use a little bit less weight, but that's okay. You're going to be getting a lot more out of the exercise. And of course, the last or the third, I should say, because there's plenty more, but the third exercise that is a great ball exercise is your line leg curl with the bridge. That's the one where you're laying down, your heels are on top of the ball or your calves, depending on how far away you are, and you're lifting your hips up into that bridge position, holding it, and then bringing the ball in and out. So you're kind of getting two exercises in that one. You're getting not only the bridge for the, the lower back, but by taking that ball and curling it inward, you're getting that leg curl. So if you train at home and you don't have access to a leg curl machine, which a lot of people don't, then this is an excellent replacement for that. So that way, if you do get to a gym, use the machine version. So it's a good complement to each one. But that leg curl, if you do it nice and slowly and really pull those heels in all the way to your butt, you're going to feel a real good pump in that hamstring. And you're going to know that you're working it. And you'll definitely feel it the next day. And there are variations. Of course, there's always a way to make it a little bit harder. But the bottom line is still to make sure you feel the right muscles. So if you're feeling it in your quadriceps or you're feeling it not at all or in your calves, then you know your position isn't right. So be sure that on this exercise and any exercise in general, you feel the muscle that you are targeting. Very important. Now remember, you can use that ball in a variety of ways, and these are just kind of the three exercises I would say that if you could do nothing else, then you would do these. So let's say you're really tight on time during the holidays, you got to go shopping, you got to do this, you got to do that, then, and you have a stability ball. If not, you better ask for one for Christmas. But if you do have a stability ball, get a set of crunches, get a set of flies or press, or like I said, any exercise that uses that ball as a bench, do some lying leg curls. If you've got time, repeat that whole set. So, I mean, there you've got a nice superset or triset that gets your entire body and a little bit more actually, since you're using the ball. So again, press for time. There you go. There's a solution right there for you. In motivation, we've been talking about the different steps to take to banish that inner bully, that one that kind of holds you back and affects your success. And how to keep yourself on track and keep yourself strong. And that's not always the easiest thing to do nowadays. There's a lot of roadblocks that come up. So in case you forgot, the first step was to decide to make that change. And then you start your whole process of this four-part series. And the first step in the series was to fix your self-talk. So I hope you've been working on that and catching if you've been having negative thoughts or kind of dissing yourself or anything that's not supportive. Now, the second step is to recognize and acknowledge your success. And that's not always the easiest thing for us to do. It's 
probably easier to recognize somebody else's success and give them a, hey, you're doing a great job or whatever, but not necessarily yourself. We, we tend to be our own worst enemy and we tend to be harder on ourselves than anyone else. But you have to stop sometimes and say, okay, maybe I didn't achieve this or that, but I did do this and I did do that. And you know what? I know I'm guilty of this all the time. I'm always thinking, oh, I didn't get you know, the podcast done each week for a couple of months or I didn't get this filmed or whatever. Um, and I have to look back and say, wait a minute, I did accomplish some things. I did finally write the book that I was wanting to. Yes. Do I want to revise it and add more things to it? Absolutely. But I completed it. You know, and same thing with the DVDs. Did I, do, did I do them? Yes. Did I complete them? Are people enjoying them and learning from them? Yes. So rather than beating myself up for the things that I haven't done yet, sometimes I have to stop and say, you know what, this is what I've done and this is good. And I'm happy with it. And you need to do the same thing. You need to look at some of the things that you've done that are good and realize that, hey, that's a big deal. It really is. And you need to congratulate yourself. But in case you have a hard time doing this, I'm going to actually give you Five easy ways to recognize and acknowledge your own successes. Now, is that a word or should it have been just success? Well, if you know, you can let me know in comments or whatever. Anyways, when we get on to our success patterns, maybe, or success items, the first thing, of course, you're going to identify something that's a success. So think about something you've accomplished. It can be small, can be big. Um, it doesn't have to be something that other people even notice. So identify your success. Now the next step is to be a victor. And that means to feel like you've accomplished and you're victorious. And that's not always the easiest thing to do as well. But if you look at a success as a tiny victory for yourself, for whatever you want to accomplish in life, then you're going to realize that that is a good thing and that you are strong and capable. And part of this goes back to our whole strong and powerful mantra, because you know what, we all have it inside, we just need to access that. And this is one way of doing that. The more you tell yourself that you're strong and powerful, just like the more you recognize your success or successes, I've got to figure out a better word for that because it keeps tripping me up. But anyways, the easier it becomes to recognize, you know, and congratulate yourself when you do something good. The nice thing is that the more you start doing this, the more you're going to do it to other people as well, because you're going to understand the value of it coming from yourself. So when you see somebody else do something good, you're going to congratulate them. You're going to, you know, tell them that was a great thing that they did or accomplished. And you know what? They're going to like that. They're going to like you for that. And they're going to start noticing that too. And they're going to tell you when you've reached success that you might not know or recognize or give yourself credit for. Now, a third way to recognize your success and to acknowledge your success, because remember, you know, it's one thing to recognize it, but it's another thing to give yourself credit for it and remind yourself that, yes, that was good, is to be thankful. Be thankful maybe for a situation you're in or a situation you're not in. Um, be thankful that you were able to get to the gym today. Maybe you didn't do your best workout. Maybe you didn't do a full workout. But be thankful that you were able to get there and do something. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can be thankful for and a lot of things we take for granted. So by being thankful, you can acknowledge that, you know what, you as a person are a success. And this is part of building up your self-worth and self-esteem. And when you have that self-worth and self-esteem, you are more likely to do what you want to do that's good for you. 
Hey, a lot of times people say, well, you know, how do I get motivated? Well, you know what? If you are acknowledging your success and you have this self-worth and self-pride, then you know what? The motivation comes easily because you know you want to achieve something. You know it's going to feel good when you achieve it. And you know that this is the step to get there, whether it's going to the gym or eating something different than other people, whatever the case may be. Now, another, or I should say the fourth way to recognize your success and acknowledge it is, well, something we've already mentioned, and that's help other people. Help them be their own best self. And that's what we're trying to do here is be your own best self, but you can also help other people achieve their best self. And that whole like attracts like concept comes into play because the more you are one way, the more people like that you're going to attract. So if you are encouraging of other people and you help other people achieve their goals or you recognize their success and you acknowledge their success because, you know, we don't always say to somebody that they did a great job. We may say it in our heads, but not necessarily, not necessarily to them. And it's important that they hear it from other people. Um, it goes back to the old, you know, how would you want people to treat you? So helping other people, bringing more of that around you and, you know, creating a habit for other people to point out the good things. Because far too often it's easy to point out the mistakes that we make. It's easy to, you know, make fun of the stupid mistakes we make. And that can be hurtful. You know, people may laugh at the time, but it, deep inside, it might be reminding them of some inadequacy or some self-esteem issue and doing a whole lot of damage. So helping others, encouraging, and always looking for the good. Now, the last way to recognize your success and acknowledge your success is something that I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with, um, but you're going to have to do this. It is to accept compliments. When somebody compliments you, don't turn around and say, oh no, what, this old dress, oh the, gosh, this is just a rag and it's dirty and it's ripped and whatever. No, say thank you. It's just a simple thank you. I know too often we're just not accepting of compliments. I don't know why, but for some reason, and I want you to start noticing this for yourself, when somebody says something to you like, oh, I like your hair or, you know, your makeup looks great today or whatever, that was a great uh, interval you just did, um, whatever the case may be, stop and say, thank you. I appreciate that. And see if your inclination is to go with the opposite. Like, oh no, my hair didn't come out right today. Oh no, I don't like the way the makeup looks. Or, oh no, I've, I've done better intervals. I mean, you, for some reason, we always seem to diminish our success. So when somebody points it out to you, a simple thank you. Don't try to counter, don't try to make excuses, just say thank you. So the five easy ways to recognize and acknowledge your successes, and this is part of increasing your self-esteem, increasing your confidence, and being a, a better you, is to identify your successes, be a victor, be thankful, help others, and accept compliments. Now you might not be able to do all of those, but you might want to focus each week on maybe one of them. And that way, you know, you start seeing the patterns that you naturally fall into and then you can change it because awareness is half the battle. Once you start becoming aware of these different thoughts you have that may be sabotaging you, 
you can change it and you can fix it. So if you're ever wondering, how come I can't stay motivated or how come I can't stick to a diet or how come I can't finish this? A lot of it, well, almost all of it's going to be your self-talk. And these are the steps to clarify it and to fix it so that you are motivated when you want to be and that you can stick to what you want and ultimately achieve whatever you want most. In nutrition, we're talking about low-carb diets, and although I do not agree with them, I do recognize that some of you are going to do it anyway. Uh, so if you are going to do a low-carb diet for whatever reason, I know sometimes people want to fit into clothes real fast or something for the holidays because they want to eat extra or whatever, and again, I don't agree with all that kind of stuff, but if you're going to do it, I want you to do it correctly. So I'm going to give you three things to pay attention to when you are doing low carb. And hopefully, if you are doing it, it's only for a short term. Um, anyways, that's all I'll say about that. So your first mistake is not increasing protein. Or I should say it's also the first thing you need to pay attention to is your protein. Because when you cut out a huge portion of calories, which obviously you will when you're cutting out carbs, you need to make up the difference in calories and proteins and the right types of fats because you don't want to go so low in calories that your body starts eating itself for energy. And that's what happens a lot of times. Um, if you don't balance out your food plan, your body will start to catabolize, and that means it's going to use its muscle for energy instead of its body fat. So, you know, you make it a little smaller, but you're definitely not going to get more tone, and you're definitely going to be messing up the metabolism. So just because you cut out a whole set of food groups doesn't mean that you should go very low calorie as well. It's a part of balancing it out. So remember, you've still got proteins and fats to make up some of the extra calories. Now, I know ultimately you probably have a little bit less than you normally would as far as calories go. You're not completely cutting out carbs, right? You are getting definitely a lot of green vegetables, okay? So maybe you're eliminating the starchy carbs, but you're keeping the fibrous carbs because those are also important, but you're also making sure that you're getting enough calories. Now, definitely never go below 1,200. Um, if you think that you have to, then you've already messed up your metabolism and your focus really should be on boosting your metabolism and getting it to a normal point so that you don't have to diet because, you know, that's kind of the ultimate goal is making sure that, you know, you can eat what you want and still stay in shape. And you only can do that when you alter your metabolism. So that's one of the things I work with with all my clients because our goal is, you know, not to lose weight for an event. I mean, it may be a secondary goal, but the ultimate goal is lifestyle and being able to not worry about going on a weekend and not working out and eating more than you normally should um, and just knowing that you're going to come out of that okay and you're going to look the same. So that is the ultimate goal. Always got to keep that in mind. Now, when you're doing a low-carb and you're increasing your protein, you want to increase it by maybe 20 to 50% of what you're currently taking. So, for example, if you're having 100 grams of protein a day, which is a good amount uh, for a female, especially if you're training hard, some are going to need more and some less, um, then you're going to increase it to about 120 to 150 grams. And that may seem like a lot, and it kind of is. That's why you definitely want to have some of the carbs in there. I wouldn't cut them all out. Um, but anyways, again, you've got to make up 
some of those calories. Now, where you're going to make up the majority of them is in your healthy fats. And this is the second thing you want to watch out for, or maybe call it mistake number two. A lot of people don't get enough of the right kind of fats when they're dropping down to low carb. Now, remember, fat has more calories than protein and carbohydrates. It actually has about twice as much, actually more than that, because your one gram of fat is nine calories, whereas one gram of protein and one gram of carb is only four calories. So keeping that in mind, you're not going to need to increase too much in the healthy fats to keep your diet where it should be as far as the calorie goes. And that's going to be the best way to balance your body and your energy. Because if you don't have any energy, you're not going to work out. And I know that's what you're going to be doing because that's the best way to get tone and tight, even if it's a short-term low-carb you're going on. But either way, you need to have some energy. Otherwise, you're just going to be miserable. So the fats have to come from healthy sources, of course. And those are things like your omega-3s, um, your MCT oils, and your monounsaturated fats, of course, right? Anyways, let me give you some examples. Of course, your omega-3s, um, you can get them in supplement form, also in fish and fish oil. Um, I know contest time, a lot of times we'll use fish oil in with on top of the um, chicken or in your salad or you know, anything that you just add to your food because it's a real easy thing to do. It's like a teaspoon, uh, tablespoon, sorry. And um, boom, there you've got the, the extra calories that you need and that your body needs to let go of fat as well. Now the MCT oils, medium chain triglycerides, um, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. The most popular ones are usually the coconut oil. Uh, some people like to cook with it. Some people like to take it straight. I don't know about that, but <laughs> I'm just telling you what I heard. Um, and those are some things that you could do maybe even before uh, a workout. I don't know. I wouldn't do it because I think I would probably throw up because it just seems gross. But anyways, um, I will tell you that, yeah, I've downed the fish oil like a tablespoon of fish oil. Sometimes there's some flavored ones as well. If you uh, look in the store, uh, Barleen's is a really popular brand. You can get that almost anywhere. And of course, your monounsaturated fats are the things like olive oil that you can cook with, um, avocados, for example. And those are easy things, again, to add into salad on top of chicken or whatever you're having, which is going to be a lot of protein because obviously you're making up for some of those calories. But keep in mind that your fats, you don't have to have a lot of them. And the other thing that's great is that they're going to help you feel more satisfied, hopefully. And that way you don't overeat. Because remember, you can still overeat good things and gain weight from it. So balancing everything out, making sure you're not too low in calories, making sure you've got an adequate amount of protein, of course, some extra protein since you're eliminating the carbs. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't go completely low carb if you wanted to drop something fast. I would probably drop the carbs, you know, maybe in the afternoon and evening because the higher fat content at night is going to help your body respond better overnight and recovering, you know, and keep you satisfied while during that sleep portion. But you know, you can try and play around with things that you want, just trying to give you the best guide so that you don't do damage to your metabolism because you definitely don't want to do that. It's much too hard to get it elevated and working perfectly, and we definitely don't want to mess that up. Now, the third thing to pay attention to if you're going low-carb, and I wouldn't really call it a mistake um, because it's kind of a personal preference, is using caffeine. 
Now, you know, some people swear by it, some people don't like it. And, you know, it's, of course, it's up to you. But, you know, having some caffeine pre-workout, especially when you're low in carbs, can give you an extra boost in your workout, of course, and in your fat loss. And of course, there's been numerous studies that show the effect of caffeine, uh, the positive effect on different type of performances. And definitely there has been larger caffeine doses associated with greater performance enhancing effects. And if you need to break that down into how many grams per body weight, whatever, uh, I'll put that on the blog because I'm not going to get into too much tongue twisting for me today. And I don't think I can handle that. Um, anyways, it'll be on the fitgirlguide.blogspot.com section um, that way. Anyways, you can calculate it out if you want to, but realistically, most people kind of know what their calorie ca caffeine tolerance is. So just understand you have a greater effect or it gives a greater effect when you're lower in carbs. So you may get more of an effect out of the same dose that you would normally use. And it also works well when you're doing the interval training or the high intensity training like sprints. So Definitely, if you're going to be doing sprints that day, you might want to take some extra. Now, if it gets your heart rate up too high or if you feel like you get, you know, shaky or palpitations or whatever, then don't do it. It's not worth it. Um, but if you're trying to avoid caffeine, then this would be, well, one of the reasons that you could use it so you wouldn't have to feel so guilty about it. Um, but again, it's a personal preference. Uh, it's definitely going to be something that you either do or you don't. But it's definitely a way to give you some extra energy, some extra boost when you might normally be low in energy from the lack of food. So as we head into this crazy, hectic holiday season, I hope these podcasts and this one today gives you some guidance on how to survive it while keeping to your exercise program. And speaking of holiday time, just letting you know, I see, I told you, I put all the announcements at the end here. Um, so that way, if you don't want to hear them, you just click goodbye. Um, no, that would be rude. You wouldn't do that, right? Anyways, uh, we've listed a bunch of things on our Etsy shop, which is all holiday gifts. And um, that you can also find it off of Etsy at totallyuniquegifts.com. Um, a whole slew of different things. But the Etsy uh, stuff is handmade wooden items, um, these cute little reindeer that can be either like a planter or you can put stuff in it, um, a bunch of different angels. And these were all things that were made by a friend of ours who, you know, as he got older, really couldn't make them anymore. So we just kind of have the last few items that he made. Um, there's maybe about 20 of each of them. And um, these sleds that he also made are just really amazing. And we've done some things with them. Some of them we just did regular paint. Some of them we did some fancy painting or overlays and some of them we made into chalkboards um, a whole bunch of things but they're really really super cute and they definitely would make great gifts so check that out on Etsy also if you're looking for fitness gifts for that hard to find person or hard to purchase for person whatever um, I have adorable little dumbbells that are on a necklace um, we use them sometimes as purse charms I mean I have a whole bunch of different charms on my purse um, but I have a lot of people that enjoy them as necklaces and a few other well self-esteem you know power booster all those kind of stuff motivational type um, necklaces or charms and that is at fitness makeover pro shop and I might have some of those on totallyuniquegifts.com I can't remember um, anyways those are really cute and cool and um, 
not very expensive either. So, I mean, it's a great gift if it's somebody that you work out with, a workout partner, or maybe your, your trainer. Um, bunch of great ideas. Okay, always trying to be of help. So remember to check out the Get Fit TV channel on YouTube. If you can't find it, just type in Get Fit TV, all is one word, and then type in Kira, and it'll usually come up. And I apologize, it's been very windy here, and I think my allergies are acting up, so if I sound a little yucky, then, well, I am. Um, if not, then forget I said anything. So I look forward to hearing from you either on the Facebook page or Twitter or whatever different ways you want to get in contact and seeing you over at the Quick Fit Club. And until next time, stay healthy and fit. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some good fitness information out of it. If you want to find more information on training, motivation, and nutrition, check out fitnessmakeover.com. And you'll find there links to all the other sites that we have to help you get the body you want and keep it.